O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those who remember you no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves." Those are verses 1 through 7 of Psalm 88, which is the psalm appointed for today, Friday, September the 24th, 2021. You're listening to Faith Seeking Understanding, and I'm your host, John Green. Thanks for being along today. Um, that psalm may not apply to you today, but then again, the psalms of uh, of joy and thanksgiving may not apply to you on any given day either. Um I'm not sure how much this psalm applies to me this day, but I can relate to the theme of the psalm. I can relate to where it's coming from because I've been there. And unless you've led the most charmed life imaginable, you've been there too. And you know what it feels like to be under the circumstances, under everything, and feel like there's no way out. And yet God provides a way. And so here I am. (laughs) So we're continuing to look at the life of Elisha. In Second Kings nine, seventeen to twenty-seven, still continuing in the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthian church, the seventh chapter, the first nine verses, and in the gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses seven to fifteen. So, if you remember yesterday, uh, Elisha sent his servant to uh, go to Ramoth Gilead, where the battle between the northern kingdom primarily. Uh, of Israel slash Samaria and um, the Syrians was taking place and anoint Jehu, the commander of the army, to be the next king over that northern kingdom. And so he has done that. Jehu took counsel and now he he plans to go to Jezreel where the, the king, Joram, who is the son of Ahab, the wicked king, as well as uh, the son of Jezebel, is. And so here we go. Now the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company. And Joram, the king, said, Take a horseman and send to meet him and let him say, Is it peace? So a man on horseback went to meet him and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What do you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. And the watchman reported, saying, The messenger reached them, but he's not coming back. Then he sent a second horseman who came to them and said, Thus the king is said, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What do you have with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. Again, the watchman reported, He reached them, but he's not coming back. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. So he recognized him in the same way that David's watchman recognized the runners coming to him from battle. Uh, when his son Absalom was killed. There's, there's a distinctiveness in the way that Jehu drives this chariot. So Joram said, make ready, and they made ready his chariot. Then Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, who was there visiting to Joram in his recovery from his injuries in battle, they set out each in his chariot and went to meet Jehu and met him at the property of Naboth, 
the Jezreelite. This is the property, remember, that was next to Ahab's um, castle, and he wanted it for his own, to make a kitchen garden out of it, essentially, and Naboth refused to sell it to him because it was his ancestral inheritance. So they meet there, of all places, and when Joram saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? He answered, What peace can there be so long as the whorings and the sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many? I don't think that's a declaration of peace. Then Joram reigned about and fled, saying to Ahaziah, Treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew his bow with his full strength and shot Joram between the shoulders so that the arrow pierced through his heart and he sank in his chariot. Jehu said to Bidkar, his aide, Take him and throw him up on the plot of ground belonging to Naboth the Jezreelite. For remember when you and I rode side by side behind Ahab his father, how the Lord made this pronouncement against him. As surely as I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, declared the Lord, I will repay you on this plot of ground. Now therefore take him up and throw him on the plot of ground in accordance with the word of the Lord. Remember that Jezebel had concocted a plan whereby Ahab, or where I'm sorry, Naboth would be killed at a big party. <clears throat> when Ahaziah the king of Judah saw this, he fled in the direction of Beth Hagan, and Jehu pursued him and said, Shoot him also. And they shot him in the chariot at the ascent of Gur, which is by Ibliam. And he fled to Megiddo and died there. His servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in his tomb with his fathers in the city of David. In the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahaziah began to reign over Jerusalem. So then Jehu continues, and he comes to Jezreel, and Jezebel hears about it. And she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out of the window. And as Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked at him, and he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled on her. Then he went in and ate and drank, he Jehu. And he said, See now to this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. So he wanted to treat her body with some sort of respect. And it's interesting that, that she has painted herself up to, to make uh, eyes, essentially, and yet what happens is is these eunuchs, and she would have been the cause of them being eunuchs, that that would not have been allowed in Israel. That would not have been the way things went in Israel. They didn't make people permanent eunuchs because they have no place in the kingdom of God. And so they, who are not enticed by her in any way, in fact, have reason to hate her, are the ones who end up being the ones who kill her. So when the people went to bury her, they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hand. And they came back and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, this is Jehu, which he spoke by his servant Elijah the Tishbite. In the territory of Jezreel, the dogs shall eat the blood, flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel shall be as dung on the face of the earth in the territory of Jezreel, so that no one can say, This is Jezebel. There's not enough to know for sure that this is Jezebel at all. And so the, the word of the Lord is fulfilled against her, and it's, it's too bad for Elijah that he wasn't able to live long enough to see God take Jezebel out. That's something that we need to remember. We need to remember that, that God's vengeance against those who persecute us and torment us and hate us um, may be delayed, but ultimately it will happen. We need to allow that vengeance to happen to him on his time and in his way. We we need to pray for the coming of God's kingdom, and that's the, 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 the coming of his kingdom to take over the kingdoms of the earth, because there's so much wickedness in the earth. 
Um, and, and it matters not in some ways who the rulers are, but although it can certainly be worse under some than others. <clears throat> so here we come to Jesus still in the um, Sermon on the Mount. And, and so when you pray, he says, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. We talked about that yesterday. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So be content and be certain that that he knows he's not he not only knows all things he's not only omniscient but he knows what you need <clears throat> so he says pray this way our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil and then goes on to say, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's important for us to be the kind of people who forgive, the kind of people who are merciful, the kind of people who, who, who don't hold things and don't hold on to things. It, the, the prayer itself is a, is a negation of the world's order. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which is the recognition of his wonderful kingdom and the blessedness that will ensue when his kingdom is fully established on this earth as opposed to the situation we're in now. And that keeps us from asking the question, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? It keeps us mindful that his kingdom is separate from this world and this world and the way that it is should be causing us to long for the coming of his kingdom. And if after the last 18 months you're not longing for the coming of God's kingdom and the removal of the one of earth with COVID and um, these man-made virus that has been unleashed on us from a lab, um, then then you're missing something if you're not longing for the coming of the kingdom of God. But, but what I see instead is wickedness growing greater and greater, at least more outspoken in the earth. Um, the, the furor over the abortion bill in Texas, the heartbeat bill down there, and the, th- the un- incredible statements that have been made uh, in response to that. I mean, people talking about, well, now they won't be able to test for Down syndrome, and so Down syndrome will be worse in places like Texas. I'm sorry, is that truly a human way of thinking about people? That, that they're better off and we're better off without them. It, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable, the wickedness and the evil in the earth and the way that the earth think, the people without God. It's becoming worse and worse, and we, and we need to be aware of that, and that should impel us to pray this prayer often, day after day after day. And, and, he, and we're then encouraged to act like little children. Give us this day our daily bread. Just give us what we need today. And that will be enough. And you've heard me talk about that principle of Dainu, which is it would have been enough. And it recounts one thing at a time that God did in, in the Exodus. And it's important that we develop a, an ability to live in that same way, that we're living for the day. And that the, the trouble for that day is enough and that we trust him day by day by day. And then this forgiving of of trespasses being the single most important thing because our own forgiveness is predicated on being like him. 
And he showed us the way to forgive, and it's a complete forgiveness. And what I mean by that is the cross and Jesus' prayer. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do from the cross. It's important that we live that same way, that we live a cross-shaped life that, that invites people who have sinned against us to come to us and ask our forgiveness. That, that's important that we, that we live that kind of life. In the passage from 1 Corinthians, Paul is continuing to, to discuss matters of sexual immorality in the church. He says, concerning the matters about which you wrote, is, so it must have received something from them asking a question. And the question was, is it, it, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman? He says, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. He recognizes the great temptation, and, the, and, the, and it's, not, it's more than a temptation in many ways, because it, it's the way we were created, is to have that desire. So he says, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife doesn't have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband doesn't have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So there's an equality in marriage as it relates to sex, certainly, that, that says that, that we belong to one another. That, that's the easy way to say it. We belong to one another. And so our bodies, likewise, belong to one another we're in, when we're in marriage. It's, it's good for us. It's, it's a healthy thing in a marital relationship. He said, don't deprive one another except be, perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. But then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Um, we've got to temper our own desires, by the way. It's, it's not that I have unlimited right to, to my wife. Um, no, there's a, there's a mutual respect and honor and love that exists between us, and then sex comes within the bounds of that. It, it's up to me at some level to temper my own sexual desires. But, but what's happened is is that, that over the last whatever period of time, we've made almost everything um, sexualized. I mean, every advertising, everything else. And so with the Internet, pornography has run so rampant that I think the single most visited site every day is a pornography site that I won't give the URL for. But, but, it's, it, but it's true, and it exists because lust is such a huge part of human nature. And then it finds channels and outlets when it's unrequited. And so he, Paul says, yeah, I, I encourage you to be married. And if you're married, then I encourage you to, to engage in that lawful sexual activity within marriage. He says, now as a concession, not a command, I say this, I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say it's good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And it's all about control. It's all, all these things have to do with self-control. There's even a self-control that's necessary within marriage. And see, when we, what do we refer to people as, oh, you painted Jezebel, you know, and why? does Jezebel paint herself up? And it's, it, it's to evoke that lust within a man. And, and we know that, that these issues are, are things that control our day. Again, to go back to the abortion issue, what's the issue? What's the real issue there? The real issue is sex, right? Because without sex, we don't have a problem of abortion. But, it, but, but what the Roman Catholics that I know would say is, is that the, the greatest single contributor to this whole problem 
has to do with contraception, and they say that it's the Episcopal churches or the Anglican churches' capitulation to the to the culture that that allowed this to happen. And so, we, before there was a restraint, and now we have gone around and had and created workarounds on restraint. We no longer have to because the consequences don't don't happen as frequently. They are avoidable consequences. And so, what we've done is, though now we don't even want those consequences. We want to deny that as well, and that's where abortion comes from. But but this issue of lust is the thing that drives so much in this world, and not just sexual lust, but it's lust of all kinds. So when Paul speaks into this, and we speak into into this issue, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, then we are truly acknowledging at the same time, we don't want the, the kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven because of other people. We bear equal responsibility for that. We all are fallen and busted and broken. And mainly the reason we want his kingdom to come is so that we can be new creations.